In our gospel passage today from the seventh chapter of Mark, we have the story of the Syrophoenician woman seeking a healing from Jesus for her daughter. It happens to be one of my favorite passages of Scripture, but not actually because of the passage in the Scripture context. It's really because it is the inspiration for my favorite prayer, which is in our liturgy of the Eucharist. That being the prayer of humble access, which first appeared in the Book of Common Prayer in 1549, although it has roots earlier than that. That prayer which reads, We do not presume to come to this thy table, O merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in thy manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under thy table, but thou art the same Lord whose property is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of thy dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body and our souls washed through his most precious blood, that we may evermore dwell in him and he in us. Amen. Of course, this clearly comes from this portion of the gospel we just read, which actually has two different healing stories combined, but we're going to focus just on the first one. When the Syrophoenician woman by birth came and begged Jesus to cast the demon out of her daughter, And Jesus said to her, let the children be fed first, for it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And she answered, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs under the table eat the crumbs. For that statement, Jesus said the demon had left her daughter and she went home to find her daughter well. The passage really speaks a lot towards attitude, the attitude of the individuals involved. And more than just attitude, but how people view themselves. Pride and ego are nothing new. The Psalms and the Proverbs are filled with specific warnings about pride. And the Old Testament is filled with stories of how pride created problems for different people. And ancient literature from all around the world, much of it predating our biblical text, include various morality tales on the danger of pride. Pride is clearly nothing new. But it does appear that we have, in our current social context, a new attitude toward pride. Pride seems to be a thing that is celebrated instead of shamed. It would be interesting to do what is called a forensic study as to the rise of the acceptance of pride. What has caused a pervasive attitude of people thinking that they deserve things and people think that they deserve better because of their wealth or status. And we see at play in the reading a little while ago, the one that was read from the epistle of James, when James scolded the members of the church for showing partiality towards the wealthy. So there, that connection of wealth and status and pride is well documented. And people also think that they deserve better because they've done something or another. And they just feel because they've done that special something that they deserve to be rewarded. And we see this 
frequently among politicians who get caught up in scandals because they think because of their service at that level, they are somehow above the standards of the common citizen. That's just one example. It happens in other places as well. And some people feel that they deserve better just because they exist. I personally wonder if that started with the old McDonald's commercial, You Deserve a Break Today. I've seen advertisements for all sorts of things, from cold drinks to new cars, telling me that I deserve whatever product it is that they're peddling. And in what was at one point in our actually relatively recent history, something that was considered a ridiculous attitude and therefore funny and caricatured, there is Stuart Smalley of the at least two or three casts ago of Saturday Night Live telling us, I am good enough, I am smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. He goes on to say, I am a worthy human being. I deserve good things. And I am entitled to my share of happiness. All of those comments were actually him simply parroting comments that were made in various 12-step self-help groups with nothing to back up the claim other than the fact that you said it. All of this, from the early evidences of the problem of pride to the being steadily fed a message that we deserve things just for breathing, to the self-affirmations that I should celebrate myself no matter what, no matter who that self may be, has created a society filled with people who are self-serving and deem themselves to be worthy of whatever they want and pridefully demand as rights what they have no claim to. I'm afraid that if today Jesus were to tell somebody that he or she was a dog, although he didn't actually tell her she was a dog, it was just an implication, that they did not deserve to be fed that the response today would be that of a lawsuit. You cannot talk to me like that. I deserve what I want. I am entitled and cannot be denied. I am worthy and you will give me what I have asked for. My demands, my happiness, my sense of self-worth take precedence over everything you may believe about this situation. You must show me deference. The world has told me so. I'll see you in court, and I will ruin you. These are the attitudes on display today. When we look at our gospel text, however, we see something quite different. Jesus says clearly that it's not right to take bread from the table meant for the children and give it to the dogs. Now, looking back at this passage with the benefit of the entire gospel text, as well as the other New Testament books and epistles, we see it for what it is. It is a foreshadowing of two things. It's a foreshadowing of the Eucharist first, not taking bread from the table, and also the reality that the blessing of God through Christ will extend beyond the people of Israel.
He says first, this is for the children. This is for the people of God, the children of God. It's not for everybody. This is not for those who refuse to conform to the will of God. And the woman responds, but even a dog will receive the crumbs. I will accept what you say. I admit that I have no right. I admit that I do not deserve it. I admit that I'm not entitled to anything. I admit that I am not worthy. But I ask for the crumbs to be given in your mercy. Jesus replies with a statement, you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. Now, what did it take to go from being a dog, from being an outsider to not receiving bread from the table to being a child of God? She judged herself. She discerned within herself and she humbled herself. This correlates to the warning that St. Paul gives in the first epistle to the Corinthians, where he writes, Whoever, therefore, eats the bread and drinks of the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why so many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, then we would not be judged. Taking a closer look at whoever therefore eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood. Well, just what does it mean to be taking the body and blood, the bread and the wine in an unworthy manner? First and foremost, it does not mean that you must be free from sin. If that was the case, no one would ever receive the Eucharist. We know what it means, what it means to receive in a worthy manner from what follows. Examine yourself, judge yourself, know that you've sinned, humble yourself. Know that you do not deserve to be fed from the table, and at the same time, know that you need to be fed from the table because you cannot save yourself. Just like that Syrophoenician woman, she sought out Jesus to heal her daughter because she knew that she could not save the daughter, but Jesus could. The unworthy is the unrepentant. The unworthy is the one claiming entitlement. The unworthy is the one demanding access. The unworthy says, I deserve this and cannot be denied. And for example, every so often it will flare up in the news somewhere in the world, and typically if it's in our news, somewhere in the United States, some Roman Catholic bishop will state that a certain politician from his, or, uh, well it's bishop, so his diocese will say that this person is not to be admitted, this politician is not to be admitted to the Eucharist. And this is almost always due to having a pro-abortion voting record. When this happens, the public typically responds with an outcry. How can you do that? How can you deny someone the sacraments of his church? But well, simple. You can't help in the large scale murder of innocent children and be unrepentant and think you are doing the right thing, that you have done nothing wrong and then be expected to receive bread from the table. It is a 
pastoral care and concern. What that bishop is doing by stating that that politician cannot come to the table is saying, if you will not judge yourself, but instead demand the Eucharist, then you must be stopped from eating and drinking to your own condemnation. In cases like these, excommunication is an act of mercy. Now, that's a great big example that we could be tempted to dismiss. But it's a good example to turn around and say, just how does pride conceal sin? We all sin, as said before, and that's why we must examine ourselves, judge ourselves, humble ourselves and confess our sin. Know that we don't deserve to be fed from the table. We don't deserve to be. And know that we need to be fed from the table because we cannot save ourselves. For anyone who insists on his or her own pride, anyone who fails to confess sin, for anyone who celebrates what God condemns, will learn what the scripture promises. The pride goes before destruction, arrogance before a fall. Again, from Paul's warning, for this reason, many of you are sick and some have died. But if we judge ourselves truly, we will not be judged. Leaves us with this question. Will we be like that Syrophoenician woman, reject pride, humble ourselves so that Jesus will welcome us to the table so that his body and blood will be taken to our blessing? Or will we allow pride to conceal sin and destroy us? I pray that each and every one who hears this will swallow their pride before they ever try to swallow the bread. Amen.